Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome, I'm your host, Tony Gierso, and once again, I'm pleased to have you join us. It's always good to see you. Thank you. And at the time of this recording, it looks like we're around 17,372,397 listens throughout my podcasting career. And now that you're listening, we have one more. So I want to thank you for faithfully listening every week and sharing this with your friends. You know, friends help friends succeed, and that's what friends are for. And it's all designed to help you and your friends turn your vision into reality. And today we're chatting with someone at the top of their category, an elite entrepreneur. We're going to discuss scaling from one to 100 with Henry Ma. Now, we're not all in the embroidery business. So what's this interview all about? It's about scaling your business. So let me ask you a question. What's your monthly revenue now? While you think of that answer, Check this out. Just the other day, I drove down the residential streets of my neighborhood in the late afternoon and the sun was going down. There was a chill in the air. And as I drove down the street, I was preparing to make a turn and I saw two young boys at a table near the street curb and they were selling lemonade. And I really don't know what else as I was in the process of making my turn and I could not stop. And I thought about them. Here they are selling to the public. And obviously, they didn't want to stop, even though it was getting late and cold. They are entrepreneurs. They want to succeed in business. And I'll bet you 10 cents that any single person listening to this show, this interview right now, I'll bet you that you could help them rocket their revenue. How much did they make for the day? I don't know. What if they made only $1? Do you think that you could help have helped them make more. I'll bet you could help them to learn how to make a hundred times that by the end of the month. Don't you think? I'm certain you can, especially as my elite entrepreneur interviews are full of great advice and wisdom that you can use on any business, even a child's lemonade stand. I know you could help them soar, but you're not a lemonade stand expert per se, are you? So it's the same point here with this interview. When you know certain basics, you can help almost literally any kind of business, even if you haven't worked in that in, even if you haven't worked in that industry yourself. Meet Henry Ma. Henry is a business expert who has helped over three thousand startups. Yeah, that's over three thousand, and he established business owners in over one hundred and fifty countries grow their decorated apparel businesses in his role as CEO of the embroidery machine manufacturer, Ricoma. He's an expert on topics such as hiring, content marketing, audience building, community management, and more. In fact, I'll bet he could help those kids make thousands a month. That says it all. Let's get into it. Hi, Henry. Welcome to the Tony Dierso Show. Thank you so much for having me on, Tony. And that was a great intro. Thank you so much for that. Looking forward to you know, giving some insight to your audience and helping them grow their businesses. We definitely would love that. We want to learn 
all about scaling from one to 100 with you. And we have a lot of questions. And just before we get into that, Henry, can you please fill us in with your backstory and tell us how did it all start for you? Sure. Um, so I had a uh, kind of a different, completely different background and not within this industry. Started out in uh, in finance. <clears throat> I graduated from a from NYU with a degree in finance and, and economics and then started uh, my career at Goldman Sachs in, in investment banking. So something completely, you know, uh, different than what I'm doing now. Um but I think that has that experience has helped propel me in, into my my role today. I've always gro grown up around uh, sewing machines and embroidery machines, it being a family business. And after kind of uh, my my stint at, at Goldman, uh, you know, I, I I enjoyed the challenge, but it was um, less fulfilling than I thought in terms of actually growing and scaling a a, a business and focusing more than just the financial aspect of uh, of an entire business. So I wanted to really kind of. Um, you know, see where I can add value inside a business to take it from one to a hundred. And uh, it's been a great journey since to kind of, you know, figure out a lot of things along the way, um, but also take some of the uh, lessons I've learned uh, through through my career at, um, at Goldman uh, and being able to apply some of those financial principles. Those definitely help me look at uh, the financial health of, of, a, of a business from a, from a, uh, you know, ongoing standpoint. So that, def that definitely has helped. And, um, but it's been so much more than that, uh, given my my current role and just being able to uh, grow in different areas of the business and help different areas of the business grow um, through my career here. And Henry, can you take us through the vision that you saw for starting Recoma? How did how did you start that? Why did you start that? Sure. Um, the the vision that we've really had uh, for for Recoma overall is to um, become the, a, a one-stop shop and uh, have different solutions for apparel decorators to, to grow their businesses. Um, <clears throat> one saying that we have here internally uh, is as long as people wear, wear clothes, we're, we're gonna be in business. And I don't foresee that going away anytime soon. And so one of our you know, core missions is to really help entrepreneurs that want to get into the business with um, different types of te uh, technology and, and whether that, that be equipment, software, um, and training and support to get them started in this business and help them scale. Um, and even though we kind of started out with sewing machines and, and, and embroidery machines, it has since branched off to a lot more than that. Uh, we have since um, added on different printers, uh, such as direct-to-garment printing, such as white toner transfer printing, um, with, with heat presses, all these different solutions and, and equipment all under one roof um, to be able to kind of help our customers f fulfill all sorts of needs because one might get started with embroidery, um, but, uh, but uh, might want to expand into something else that's still related to apparel decoration. So uh, the vision has always been to become kind of the one-stop shop um, to be able to provide all these different solutions within apparel decoration and just customization overall uh, to small business owners and, and enterprises. I see. Henry, from the standpoint of a startup, from a solopreneur, someone new in the business, you have way exceeded normal expectations. You're up there in the stratosphere, and yet you keep doing it. You keep helping. You keep pushing on this. What's the purpose? What's the reason? Why are you doing this? Sure. So <clears throat> I really think that uh, as an entrepreneur and anyone in, in business, you really have to enjoy the process. And I think that kind of goes back to, I guess, the 
the the epiphany that I had or the or that moment when I was starting out my career in in finance. Um, you know, I even though it was it was a great start to the career, learned learned a ton of things and worked with a bunch of very smart people that are at the top of you know their their industry. Um, it just wasn't fulfilling enough to, uh, to to me that to kind of wanting to build a business and to scale a business. And I feel that doing it with a group of people that are like minded, that have a similar vision, a similar goal, and to be able to bring together a lot of people to, uh, to head towards that common goal um, is very a very fulfilling process. Um, and being able to do that as your business scales, it just um, seeing the success of of, of uh, our team and how much they've grown. Um, that has been very rewarding to rewarding to me, and that I think the different challenges every day as you kind of conquer each one um, has you know you you just really have to enjoy that process. And I think just looking back to all these years, my uh, what has motivated me to keep on going and to keep on you know being uh, being in this industry and do what I do, I think it's it's the enjoyment of the process. I truly find uh, uh, happiness and fulfillment. Uh, through conquering issues and challenges, and um, and meanwhile being able to do it with a group of people that share the same 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 ideals and same vision. Your strong purpose really shows in the amazing success of your company. And for our audience, we are talking with Henry Ma about scaling from one to one hundred. And you can find him at ricoma.com. You have to say it like an Italian, ricoma. It's r i c o m a dot com. Henry, let's get into your vision path. Let's further understand this. You know, we are all entrepreneurs at heart. I've talked about the two young uh, boys out there selling lemonade. Uh, they're going. They're going to go to school. Some at at they're already at school age. They're going to go to school at some point. They may go to college. They may get a job. But I think somewhere along the line, that entrepreneurship calls them. Why? Because well. We're in tough times these days. There's there's a lot going on, and I believe we need and require, and it would be beneficial for our survival to have multiple streams of revenue. And there's many ways to do that. And I'd like to uh, have you uh, jump in. You've helped so many people start up. Let's talk about how to get multiple streams of revenue. Sure. So I think at uh, first and foremost, I think the the core principle in being able to you know generate multiple streams of revenue uh, in your business is to really be in tune with your market and listen to your to your customers um, because they're going to be the ones that are probably going to spark an idea or a different different stream of revenue that you might not have thought of. But um, you know we're we're very big on building a community here. Um, you know, we have thousands of tens of thousands of, of customers, and we are able to kind of gather them into 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 a community, whether that be our Facebook groups, um, uh, um, different forums, and they they share ideas, they share what 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 they're doing, and we closely monitor and kind of um, have our finger on the pulse of what's happening in in the market. And I think everyone, every entrepreneur should uh, should learn how to do that and be in tune with their audience and their market because many times great ideas get spawned from just listening to 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 your customers. Um, you know, they they might give you an idea or a specific use case of a product or a service that you might not um, otherwise think of. And I think you know, over the years, as we kind of started out with embroidery being our bread and butter. Um, 
and and why we and why and how we expanded into all these other apparel decoration methods is probably through listening to our customers because you know when when they are um, are, are acquainted with our product with our brand they they know embroidery and then now they they ask you hey do you also sell sell printers to help me you know print on on t-shirts well the you know we, at first that's not something that that we sold and so we want to make sure that after enough requests we now realize a pattern that that's probably something that we want to get into and and therefore you know we we start to sell um direct to garment printers and so and so on and so forth so i think the product development and the needs are being served uh, when you listen to your customers closely and the, you build a community uh, uh and a following so that you'll really have a, a finger on the pulse of the market. Um, and that community is going to be very tight knit in terms of uh, it being very sticky. And not only, you know, they don't necessarily all have to transact with you um, all at the same time or, 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 or at all, but you gain a lot of value from uh, like-minded being around like-minded people and your customers being around like-minded people and you building that community, you become the glue of, of what holds everyone together, right. As the, as the creator of that, of that community. And um, that, eventually that's going to come back in terms of different revenue streams. People are eventually going to going to transact with you. They're going to be get, able to give you different ideas and that's going to turn into different um, revenue streams that can kind of mitigate the risk of, of just having one revenue stream. We, we also realized that when we only focused on embroidery and we thought, we thought, uh, you know, that, that wasn't going to be as scalable. Uh, it's only going to, it's going to reach a plateau at, at, at some point and to expand further beyond that, we need to branch out as well. You've done that so successfully with Facebook groups and so much. Can you give us any tips? Let's kind of take it down a little bit, break it down. Mm -hmm. Can we get any tips on building our business? You've already talked a, a lot. What perhaps, what do we work on first? Is it, is it just making a certain monetary level of our business and then adding another piece and adding another piece? How did you approach this? I know we don't always have a plan when we approach something. We just want to survive. We just yeah. want to make some money. We want to pay our bills. Right. But we learn from people like you because once you've been through it, you can advise and say, well, this is what would be the best course of action. So I think first and foremost, you, you have to make that uh, first sale, that first that first dollar, right? That's kind of what you mentioned, Tony, about being able to to survive. That has you have to get your first customer. Um, and I think again, a lot of times when you have that revenue and you're and you're already scaling, um, some of the problems are going to to uh, be present. They're they're going to surface. And naturally, as a as an entrepreneur, you're going to find you you you're going to see those problems and and therefore um, uh, find solutions for those problems. Um, one one example that I, I would give, um, you know, as we as we scaled our business in 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 the beginning and we got we got a lot more customers, um, we were so focused on gener generating revenue that we didn't think about oh how are we going to support all of these customers in terms of tech support and 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 the after sale service right we always knew that you know that's something uh, that's important but because we were pushing so hard on revenue um, then problems started to surface about okay there's you just have a lot lar larger of a customer base and therefore you need to be able to support that customer base with the you know right training and the right processes in place to make sure that they can have someone to call or someone to email and and answer their questions so and, and the infrastructure needs to be built at at that point um, now, you know, having gone through it and I can now look back and, and, and say like, you know, we should have known that, uh, you know, sooner rather than kind of have the problem be presented when, when we're already at a certain point and, and therefore it's a little bit harder to kind of fix that issue. 
Um, but you know, that's an experience that I had to go through and therefore learn. And now no, knowing that and having gone through that in the past, now as we scale further, we're looking at multiple areas of the business, whether that be you know increasing our, our, our sales, um, uh, obviously, but also increasing our, our support at the same time. So you don't run into this bottleneck where like sales is great, but then support can't keep up or, or, or vice versa. You have so much support, but you know, that, that overhead can't be kept up because you don't have enough sales. So as, uh, um, as I go through this experience, uh, one big lesson I think that a lot of people can, can, um, learn from is looking at different areas of business and don't, don't overlook, um, different areas that might seem not, not so obvious at first. Um, but you know, maybe you, you just have to go through it and, and, and learn from the mistake, but, um, uh, hopefully this experience can help someone, um, be able to avoid that and look at different areas of the, of the business at the same time without just focusing on, on, on sales. But I think sales first and foremost, you have to get that in order for the rest of your business to operate. Henry, this is very interesting. As you're going through this, did you have a coach, a mentor? Did you have a mastermind? Did you have regular meetings with, you know, the, 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 the top people at your company or the, the people in all the various different categories and sectors of your company? Yeah. Kind of take this through that, like as how this grows. Cause once we start making a couple dollars and we could pay some bills, <laughs> we're, well, you know, how do we then go and how do we know that there's another level and how do we find that and how do we get into it? I think the, the most natural way that you'll know that there's another level is that um, you find yourself just like so, so busy throughout the day that you um, you're like, I'm, I'm doing like a hundred different things, but it all seems very, very jumbled. That's kind of the, the, the realization that, that, that I had that I probably needed other help to, to scale, to scale the business. And so at that point, it's all about, I think, you know, when you're at a point in your business where you're at a certain scale, you it's all about the people. Um, you have to find the right people in order to grow the, the, the business further. It's less about the processes and, 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 and everything else. I mean, process and structure is important. But then again, they're, they're created and implemented and executed by, by people. So if you have the right people in place, everything else kind of product, service, you know, sales and, and all of those things will fall into place. And I think, um, you know, you're, you're right on point there in terms of, you know, bouncing ideas off of other people, especially other leaders within the organization, um, that I might not be an expert in particular, um, areas, but they, they might be. And, th and that's kind of where, um, the, the leadership of an entrepreneur comes in. You have to, you have to have the skill set to be able to find the right people and put them in the, in the, in the right place, um, to be able to kind of, and, 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 and do the right things, right? So that uh, their skill set is a, is a match for either what you're lacking or what you're not an expert on and be able to kind of surround yourself with smart people um, that, can, that can grow the company along with you. I got that. I get that. That's very interesting on how that grows and how you then rely on more people and rely on more people to, to grow and expand in the areas that you probably don't know you haven't known, but now you have taken on someone who knows that area well enough to, to jump into it. For example, Facebook groups, you mentioned that obviously you have somebody that's doing social media and it's not necessarily something that you may or may not be an expert, but you bring on someone who can now grow that. And I really like how, how you've structured and how you've grown in building the business. And I, and I really like how you've talked about it. it's not just processes. And we've I've had some interviews on this where it's all about the system and the process and 
you know, the, the electronics, the interface, the programming, whatever that makes the business happen, but there's people behind it and you get the right people to use their expertise. It can now grow in that area. It's not just an application by itself. I mean, you know, silly case in point, let's take a look at Amazon. It's not just AI and there's people behind it, building it. And that's the one thing that we forget about sometimes is that there's real people behind this. So definitely, I really like that point. Yes. Yeah, because you know the 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 processes. You know, just just one other point on this. You know, the, yeah, all the processes and product and everything else is is built by people. So I think yes. Uh, do I do I think process and structure is important? Yes, of course. And I think um, there needs to be SOPs in place and all of that stuff. But um, what good is that without people to actually implement and, and execute it? Right. You have to have the right people that can follow the processes, and then um, that's going to help your 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 business go go a lot uh, um, a, a a lot farther. Right. So I think the people, especially at a certain scale, it's it, I think it's like ninety percent about the people. And part of that also goes into marketing our business. You know the people, the processes, but we loved if you have any marketing tips or any do's or don'ts or anything you've learned along the way that you'd love to share with our audience. I have some other questions, but I don't want to miss the importance of marketing and growing the business. Cause I, th I think it's very key in scaling. Sure. Yeah, of course. And I think a turning point, if I look back, uh, you know, five, six, seven years ago, um, the, a turning point in our business has really been because of, of, of marketing. Um, you know, when I when I first joined, it was we we didn't have a, a a marketing team, and we were just maybe you know outsourcing some Google ads to to an agency, spending a couple of hundred dollars a month. You know, get, you know, still getting some some good good um good traffic and 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 making some sales that way. But it wasn't it wasn't very scalable. We didn't really invest time into uh, social media or content creation or marketing in 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 general. Marketing um, six seven years ago for for us was okay uh if our vp of operations you know has some spare time he would make a social media post like that was that was our concept of of marketing uh back, uh, back then it was more of a kind of an, an afterthought more than more so than a core part of our business but once we realized that okay in order to, for this to scale we can't just rely on word of mouth and uh, everything else that we've been doing, we really need to scale marketing as a whole. Then you start to to build processes, and you need to think of uh, think of okay, what areas of marketing um, you actually need to need to focus on. And that's when we actually built uh, an an in house marketing team. We also struggled with the dilemma of whether we want to do a kind of an agency model where we kind of hire an agency and they have all the resources, um, or hire you know internally. And um, what I realized was like. If, even if we go with an outside agency, you still need some people internally to to coordinate. So it's like if we're gonna do that anyways, we might as well just hire hire the right people internally and kind of you know build from the ground up. It, it's gonna take longer because you're building something from scratch rather than an agency that can just slot slot right in. But I think that move. Um, uh, it happened to, to work out great for us because now we had you know more control over kind of the type of marketing that we want to do and the type of content we want we wanted to create, what different areas of marketing we want to focus on, rather than kind of and, and faster turnaround time too versus an agency that might be you know having a hundred different clients that they need to report to and therefore might not, might not have your things pri prioritized. Um, th that being said, overall, I think one key area of marketing, just kind of very broadly, that we always focus on is is branding, and I think branding comes down to customer experience uh, you know i always tell uh, our team here uh, in terms of customer experience it's not just marketing that you need to uh, 
focus on marketing is probably the first point of contact that any prospect will have with your brand. Whether they see an advertisement, they see a piece of content, whatever the case is, maybe they see a social media post, that's their first level of interaction. But then customer experience and branding um, also comes into play when they speak with a sales rep when they deal with customer support, when they have a problem that you, that, that you need to solve, uh, when they're going through training, all of those things, you know, how fast you can ship your item, like all of those things are different touch points in the customer journey that we want to make sure that we focus on each of those in our branding process. So that, you know, everyone I think in the, in the company is involved in marketing at some level. Um, you know, maybe not in the in the traditional sense of the word, but they all contribute to the overall customer experience. And I believe that customer experience is the number one thing that contributes to your brand because a brand, quote unquote, is is intangible. Like, wh wh what does that mean, right? But a brand is really uh, the accumulation of the uh, experience that a customer has with your company. And and you need to look at what are all those touch points uh, are are based off of, and try to you know kind of solve the pain points in each of those touch points. And if you do that well, then that's how your brand builds over time. I really like how you brought up that everyone in the company is involved in marketing, whether they think so or not, and they are all involved in customer and customer service. It's a very connected. You you got a very tight, cohesive group there very connected, very on point into, into, into the customer, the person that's who, who makes, who pays the bills uh, in, in a way who makes the bills get paid. And as part of that, with uh, the marketing, the branding, you, as you mentioned earlier, you, you broke out into new markets, there's creative markets. So how do we break into creative markets? How do we, how do we go beyond where we are? There, there's people, I've seen people, they're stuck at a certain income level. I used to mm -hmm. be that way too. There's ways to break into another market to add on and add on and add on. And we'd love about, you know, love to hear any examples or options or any ideas you may have on how we can expand. Yeah. Um, so are, are you talking about like in, in, in particular for, for the show, or are you talking about like any stories that we've had to expand um, outside. If you, if you have any stories of how you've expanded, like first, well, you know, you're very, it's a creative market. It's something you don't even necessarily know it's there. And you mentioned just a little bit about this at the beginning is like, oh, I could do this. Oh, I could do that. But you need people that are experts that help you, whether it's coaches or mentors or, or people in the group. And then you start putting that plan together to go after another market that will expand. It could be an ad adjunct. It could be something that that adds to your business. But you've you've grown so well. So it's like, you know. And there's people I believe um, that are pegged and uh, not quite. Let's not use the word stuck at a, a certain income level or range. And they're always looking to how can they break out of that. And would love any tips you have on how to break into new markets. I think I, I, I kind of maybe mentioned a little bit about this before uh, in terms of really listening to your market, right? L listening to your customers, because that's going to be kind of the source of, um, uh, uh, of inspiration and ideas that you might otherwise, you know, you, that you might not be able to think of. But um, many people, I think, might be, might be pegged at a certain, certain level because they're not really doing that. Maybe they are so entrenched in the, in the day to day of kind of just running the, running the business and maybe being stuck in the, in the operation thing, um, side of things that they're not kind of taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture, because then, you know, you, you can only grow, grow so far if you're only kind of, uh, 
focusing on one specific area in the business and you're just kind of stuck in, in the in, in the day to day because then uh, you're not kind of taking a look at the at the at the bigger picture and therefore thinking of other um, opportunities that that might be out there and once you do that you set out a goal for a broader opportunity and I always kind of think about how we can ex expand the pie right that's always something that I've thought about over you know. Uh, my entire career. How do you expand the pie? Because I'm not satisfied with just kind of a slice of the pie, right? Um, but you know, it's one thing to take more market share in, within the pie, but it's also okay. How can we make the entire pie bigger? Because then you know, our potential within you know our slice within that pie is going to grow along with that. So how do I expand the 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 um, I guess the total addressable market that that I have, right? To put it into I guess technical terms, your your, your total addressable market. And so that's really looking at different product lines, listening to the needs of your of your customers, um, and finding different use cases. Um, I mean, I think one thing. One one example that I, that I would give, you know, not just expanding into other product lines, but expanding into other industries that might be a good fit for your product that you that might not be kind of the you know the first one that comes to mind. And one example of that is, um, you know, we we tailor to businesses that want to start in the apparel apparel decoration industry, maybe fulfilling some orders for local restaurants, local schools. But then we 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 realize that um, by listening to our customers and by speaking with with different people. There's actually a need um, for schools to have our products as well because um, if you you know some some might some might uh, might know this uh, different high schools and, and maybe um, colleges have these different programs that will teach kids on how to run a design software or how to print your own T-shirt and they kind of teach them that craft and they need the the solution the the equipment and the software to be able to 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 make those uh, things happen they, they they you know to make those classes happen and different different um art schools or or design schools have these programs in place that wasn't you know the first thing that came to mind but after being in the industry and interacting with uh, people in the industry Customers have t have told us that it's like, oh, my, you know, um, my my son's school is actually has this program where now I'm I'm getting him started in the apparel decoration industry early, right? And so you start hearing these things, and you look at opportunities where how can we get into that school and provide you know our equipment in front of in front of those kids, and then eventually when they kind of get into the business and and grow up and scale and run and maybe start their own business, um, Ricoma is on top of mind as the equipment that they used that they kind of got their got their feet wet. Um, you know, and and in the door in this in this industry. So that was kind of an eye-opening experience for us, and that has helped us scale into this avenue that might not otherwise be possible had we not listened to our customers and kind of you know be, really have a finger on the pulse of what's happening in the market. I don't think there's any right answer to what I'm about to make a comment on, but I would love your point of view. You you talked about you know. You're you're successful. You're running. You're you're making some money, and you look and you're doing a hundred different things or a thousand different things all throughout the mm -hmm. day. And a, generally, uh, a business owner will go, "Great, I'm doing you know thirty percent of my time is doing this, this, this. So maybe, and I've I've got the money. I we're, we're making the income. I could hire someone to take care of that, to take care of this that's taking so much of my time. But on the other hand. My customers, my clients are saying, you know, based on feedback, they would really love something that we haven't expanded into. So sometimes you have choices and it's a matter of affording in a way and being able to to pay for it. It's like, do you do you 
do you remove yourself from being stuck in your business so much and, and take that 20, 30% load off yourself so you could develop and go into a new market or continue just, you know, treading water and juggling the balls and bring on someone to, to create a new market. There's probably no right way, but I was just kind of like to focus on that and, and get your point of view on it. Um, I think, I think that it's important to, de uh, to delegate some of the kind of day-to-day -day things, right? Because as a, as an entrepreneur, I think you should have a good idea of where the, where the, like the, the path that the company should, should, should be on. Right. So in terms of those uh, big picture items, like which market we should expand into what vertical we should we should tackle you know what new product line we should we should develop those are decisions that need to be made you know from 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 the top i think you you have to have a good sense of of where the where the which which direction you want to take the company in um and so in order to do that you have to spend energy and time in doing that you know understanding the market doing doing research and thinking about you know where you want to take the company and in order to do that you need to free up time for all these other stuff and that means you know be on the phone with with customers doing doing support i mean i've done all of that in 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 the in the beginning um but at some point you need to step away from that because then you're just kind of being stuck in the day to day um and you know no one is going to know your business better than, better than you do and so um you kind of have to delegate some of those day to day things and focus on okay where do we want the business to go what's the what's the what's that direction that that, that you want to take and that decision has to come from 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 you. Um, you know, I think it's 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 less effective coming from someone else that might not be as involved in the business from the beginning, and so don't have the kind of the the idea or the or the vision to um, take the, take that next step. But what the, what they can be very good at is being able to alleviate a lot of these, you know, 20, 30% of your time in, in the day-to-day -day stuff to take care of your customers, to, you know, to make sales. And so I think those things um, are, are what you should be delegating and the, and the things that of the general direction and the broader vision of the company really needs to come from, from the top. Great answers. I really like that point of view. It's really shows in how you've propelled to the success that you have. And just earlier, you talked about branding. You brought that up a great point. I wanted to comment on it at the time. Let's take a look at this. There's so much on branding uh, and you've got such a great brand. We would just love to learn any tips or advice you can give us on branding, you know, any do's or don'ts or anything. Yeah. Um, you know, branding is, is, is important. And I think we've, um, really, we, we really resonated with, with our customers when, when a customer actually, uh, told me, he, he, he messaged me on, on, on Facebook. It's a longtime customer of ours. And, um, we recently built a, a, our, our headquarters right next to the, to the turnpike, which is a major, major, major highway here, here in Florida. And, um, you can, it's, it's very, very visible right off the turnpike. You see, you see the building, it's, it's, um, you know, you, you can't miss it. And, um, what the, the point where I realized that our branding is working is when the building was being constructed and there was, you know, it's probably about maybe, you know, 50 to 60% done. And there was no logo on the on the on the building because it, it, we weren't there yet. That, that was the last step. Um, but the building was was already painted, um, and it was it was painted orange and gray, uh, which is which is our our company colors. And um, one of our longtime customers was driving uh, down the turnpike, and he messaged me on Facebook saying like, 
hey, are, are you guys building a new building off the turnpike? And I said, yeah, how how did you know that? He's like, yeah, I looked at, I, I was driving and I saw orange and gray. I was like, that has to be your your your, your building. And, and, and so that just, you know, that just told me that, you know, our branding uh, throughout all these years have worked because, you know, people, res people knew that that orange and gray was Recoma colors. And that just really kind of, you know, shows how sticky the brand is in customers' minds. Um, but back to your question, I mean, I kind of wanted to share that story, but, you know, back to your question of how we got to that point, how we got to the point where that customer realized, you know, that that was our building. Um, I think it's it's accumulation of a lot of different small things, and and there's no kind of uh, cookie cutter answer or just a a magic bullet of like this is what you need to do in order to 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 build your brand. I think it's really a, the accumulation of so many small things throughout the 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 entire history of of the company, and that goes to that go that goes back to kind of every individual in the company being being uh, a a contributor to the overall brand because it's all about the customer experience. And so you really need to, you know, focus on, you know, one area um, at a time, but making sure that your customer's overall interaction uh, with, with your company, with your brand at any given moment is a positive one. And that little bit, it's almost like, you know, bu building a house. That's just like every positive interaction is going to be like a, like another brick that, that you're laying. And if you lay enough bricks in the shape of a house, eventually it's gonna it's gonna come to fruition, and that's when, uh, you know, then that, that that's when that that brand resonates in the customer's mind. There's a there's a reason why um, companies like Apple doesn't even have doesn't they don't even have to say Apple. It, you know, that's probably one of the only uh, brands that I know that don't have their brand name spelled out as part of their logo because. They, they don't. They don't need to do that. They've built such a strong brand. It's probably the most valuable valuable brand in the world. That you don't need to have the word spelled out for people to realize. Oh, it's a, it's an apple with a bite on it, right? Like that's that's just how powerful branding can be. But that's not because um, you know that that's because they built a great product. They have great service. Um, it's all these little things that have, they've accumulated over 20, 30, 40 years um, that has gotten them to to this point. And I think really it's just people have to realize branding is not overnight. And it's really in it for the long game um and you and i can never tell you you know if you do x y and z you're you're going to have a successful brand it's so much more than that and people have to realize people have to be okay uh, and patient with all these little things that accumulate into the overall uh, branding of your of your business and how uh, the customer experience is when they interact with your brand so um that's kind of what i would say you know as the some tips and maybe anecdotes of what what i've learned over the years I happen to have just been looking at the Apple story, the Apple brand uh, last night, and it's very clear and apparent they've had many different logos, but they all have had an Apple. Yeah. And it, it despite, uh, not despite, but throughout time, no matter what was going on at the time or what they were pushing or what was what they were trying to market, there was always that logo, different colors, different styles, but it was always there very recognizable. So even though they improved their brand, it still was extremely recognizable. Yep. So very, very good points on that for everyone. For you that are working on your brand, something you may, you may change your colors. You, you can take a look at that, see what Apple has done on that. But that branding is strong. And for you, someone to think that that was your building because it was your colors, that's powerful. Very good on you. Mm -hmm. And one other thing we mentioned earlier, we talked about social media. We talked about your, you've got a Facebook group. It's growing strong. Anything you can share with us on the importance and the creation, 
the growth of social media and social media content? Sure. So I think uh, one tip I would give a lot of people uh, for social media is, you know, I think uh, many entrepreneurs starting out, they, they, they get very intimidated by social media, especially if you're just starting your, your, your business, you have so much other things um, that you need to do that probably social media is probably the, one of the last things on your mind. Um, however, I would say I would encourage all um, all business owners to really look at social media as a powerful tool that can propel your your business to the to the next level. And really, it's not that hard to get started. Um, you know, everyone owns a cell phone nowadays, a smartphone, and you can li literally just you know take pictures of uh, of of what you do and share that on social media. Take take pictures of your product, your process, and and really, you know, you can also think of it as just a process to document what what you do so so you can look back on it in, in the future it can also be just a, a way of, of of documentation but in that in the process of documentation you're actually sharing you know what your company does and what services and products you're able to offer and that gives kind of that starts to build the brand and the interaction of prospects and customers with your company um and I, one thing i would one other thing i would say about social media is to always be consistent it's um again it's it's not um, hard to get started, but it's pretty difficult to stay consistent. So I would encourage anyone that if you're going to start in social media and start posting content to dedicate yourself to a cadence, because, you know, the last thing you want to do is post one thing one day, and then the next post is three months later, like that does no good to your business or, you know, your customers might feel that, you know, are you really a business that's, that's in business or are you out of business, right? You don't, if you don't, if people aren't hearing from you for a long time, uh, they might think that you've gone out of business. So people have Customers have gotten used to a, a cadence and and what to expect from from a from a brand from a business, and so it's important to be consistent on social media. Um, and the last thing that I would say to you know uh, one thing that has helped us scale our social media presence and content overall is uh, the repurposing of content. Um, as I mentioned, it's not hard to create content, and if you if you just can create one or two pieces of content, you can also break up that piece of content and repurpose it for different platforms. And that just able to give you, you know, Instagram stories or, or a post on LinkedIn, uh, a, a, a YouTube short, a YouTube video, uh, a Facebook post, a, a, a Twitter tweet. I mean, all of those things can be repurposed. And so just focus on kind of one or two pieces of pillar content that you create at a regular cadence and be able to repurpose that content into something else that's going to help propel your content creation to the next level without being uh, kind of overbearing. Very wise, very good points on that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I hope everyone listens to that and really gets it because you got to get into that routine. When I first started, I had zero downloads. I knew zero elite entrepreneurs. I knew zero people in the industry. I didn't even have any social media. And today it's a different story because you have to just keep building. So I think part of that too, Henry, is once you start doing it, you mentioned it, but you have to just keep doing it. So you have to realize you have to keep doing it. It's like, we know Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Chevrolet, AT&T, McDonald's, we know them because they keep telling us through commercials that they're there, they're there. So they keep promoting. Otherwise, we would we would think that they just disappear, and which is what's happened to many good or big brand names from yesteryear, from years ago. They don't tell us that they're here anymore. They're probably not here. They're gone. So that's part of it. Also, is letting people know that you're still there, as well as getting your content out. And I've got time for just one more thing, really important. I I believe you've got something for us. 
we always like to know if you have any great resources and this has been all about helping entrepreneurs through your experience, through, through the tremendous growth you've had. And is there anything that you would like to share with our audience entrepreneurs? Sure. Um, I would really recommend reading the book, uh, tribal leadership by Dave Logan, um, because that has been a book that has helped me, um, you know, throughout my career and that is really kind of, it goes back to what I mentioned that at a certain scale, it's all about the people uh, and being able to uh, bring on the right people, re retain, retain the right people, and th that's going to help scale your business even further. And tribal, le tribal leadership really breaks down the kind of, I guess, psychology of quote-unquote tribes in, in, a, in an organization and some of the ways to um, you know, build a strong culture and uh, build a strong tribe within your company so that you are, you know, ha having a lot of, uh, you know, a, a players and, you know, the B and C players, they kind of naturally either, um, you know, fall out of the tribe or they kind of, you know, elevate themselves into, into the A tribe. So um, it, re it really talks about how to kind of navigate that, how to, how to spot those, those um, different types of uh, trends and behaviors and, and, and how to, how to address that. So I think at a certain scale, when you're, when you're, um, you know, really trying to take your business from one to a hundred. When you're at that a hundred level, you're it's really all about the people, and and at the top, you're really spending most of your time on on talent, um, and that's kind of what I found myself doing, and and what what I've seen other people do as well. And that book has been one of the great resources that I would recommend people to read. It's really eye opening once you read it and you realize, oh wow, that's it's always been ha happening in your organization, um, but it really kind of puts it into a very kind of cohesive and structured way and it helps you look at it from a brand new perspective. That's a great resource. And I thank you for sharing that. That's great. Once again, we talked about scaling from one to 100 and more with Henry Ma at Ricoma.com or Ricoma, R-I-C-O-M-A.com. Check it out and see what he's done. It's absolutely amazing. Henry, you've You've regaled us with a lot of wisdom and guidance, hard won. You've worked in the trenches, you've built up a big business, and you've shared gems and pearls with us. I thank you so much. It's been great. Thank you so much, Tony, for having me on the show and uh, looking forward to it. And 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 um, hopefully I was able to give a lot of value to your audience and uh, you know they can take some of these tips and implement it in their business and find success. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. What a great chat about rocking our business, scaling from one to a hundred or a thousand with Henry Ma. We talked about so many things and in no particular order, we discussed, well, we discussed, we all want multiple income streams. We all, all want multiple revenue streams, of course. And there's many ways to do that. And we talked about some of the ways and how to go and do that. We talked about scaling. We talked about building and marketing our business. We talked about how to break into creative markets to expand. We, we talked about a lot of points on entrepreneurship. We talked about branding and some really good tips there. I love how one of his customers recognize his brand just by colors alone. That's amazing. Some great tips there. We talked about social media content creation and how you have to keep at it and be consistent and so many other great points. What a great interview. Now, please remember supporting the show with a nice review and or comments on the video platforms. And of course, if you want some help or instructions on how to do a review, well, first you can go to Apple Podcasts 
and look up the Tony D'Urso show, but you could also go to TonyDurso.com slash review. And please share this with a few friends to help them too, right? I know I asked you earlier. All right, use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks guys. And remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.